I came into the shop early on a Wednesday morning and Mike was there waiting for me. I've been working there at uh, Silent Night Security for about two weeks now. And Mike was standing at the door and says, I need to show you something because I'm going to go on a week's vacation. I need you to take over service for a week. Well, that was kind of a shock to me. I mean, I didn't think I knew enough in two weeks to take over servicing of uh, hundreds of alarm systems. I says, why me? Why not Ron? He says, well, Ron's going to be busy with installations, so I think you can handle it. But I need to show you the Presley place because it's an old system and gives a lot of trouble. So you just get in my van and we'll go check it out. Well, as we're driving down the roads in Mike's uh, van, we're passing through a lot of subdivisions. And as we're coming to the edge of town, there it was a middle class area. Uh, my brother's uh, best friend lived in a house just down the street. Across the street was just desert, as far as you can see. And he pulls up to a house with a flat roof, kind of uh, kind of run down looking, um, not too large, and says, "This is it." But uh, while we were driving, I asked him, uh, "You know how how expensive are these alarm systems that we've been putting in?" He said, well, the last one we just did was $4,000. $4,000 took about three days with two men working to put it in. I said, well, how much does the equipment cost? Said, I, don't, I don't know, about $1,200, I think. $1,200. $4,000 back in 1974 was about $300 more than my brand new car I had just bought the year before. And he says, but that's not where they make the money. They make the money in the monthly monitoring service. He gets $20 a month. I think he is up to 280 accounts now. So that's like uh, $5,600 a month. $5,600. In today's dollars adjusted for inflation, that's $29,000. Just like the $4,000 for the alarm system adjusted today for inflation would have been a $21,000 investment. This was a lot of money. Um, so I was, I was shocked and surprised, but, uh, I had certainly no interest in getting into the alarm business. I was scheduled to go back to San Diego state university and finish my degree in stage lighting and sound to be a stage lighting designer in about two months. And this was just a summer job, but, uh, Mike had gotten out of the van and he was opening up a gate that surrounded the yard. The yard was all gravel, as most of the yards in Palm Springs are because of the heat, and uh, opened up the gate. We walked up to the house, and I noticed that uh, as he was opening a wrought iron gate that covered the front door, that all of the windows were covered with bars in this uh, old house. And as he opened the door, we walked in, stepped inside in the entryway, and he says, listen to this. Can you hear it? He says, you hear that rustling sound when you walk on the floor? Those are the pressure pads under the carpet. Elvis didn't want the thing to be uh, so that you couldn't set it off the alarm without walking on it. So he had us put the pressure pads on top of the, the mat instead of under the mat. So now you can hear Russell every time you walk on the carpet. And here, you want to see something cool? Follow me and look at this. Uh, I was still in shock, but it never occurred to me when we were going to see the Presley house that he was talking about an Elvis Presley. So I was kind of shocked and surprised at this uh, house that we were in. But just as I was looking around then, Mike says, look in here in the master bedroom. 
I peered inside the door and said, look at the TV. Down across from the bed was a console TV, a big console TV like they had in the old days sitting on the floor. And right in the middle of the screen was a hole. He says, that's a bullet hole, man. So it must have been something on TV that Elvis didn't lock, like, so he put an end to it. As I was looking around the house and studying their alarm system, it occurred to me that this is a house that was more of a dark fortress than it was a home. This was not a happy place. This was a, a place to get away and hide, and that's certainly what Elvis was doing. He was not a happy person, and that was proven out to be true because it was just a few years later that Elvis killed himself from a drug overdose. So many years later, I was asking myself, who is the most successful person I've known in my life? Having worked in the theater business, motion picture theaters and alarm systems for many years, I've known a lot of so-called successful people, people like uh, Steve McQueen, Zsa Zsa Gabor, she was something, rock bands like ZZ Top, Van Halen, Fleetwood Mac, lots and lots of those. I knew a famous inventor named Frank Bach, who's an interesting guy who invented the zoom lens. I knew the Sousas, Mrs. Sousa, the owner of the powerful Sousa Tequila, Tequila Company in Mexico. But what does it mean to be successful? Well, success is really the progressive realization of life's purpose and values. Money and fame are really only tools. The more tools you have, it won't make you a better craftsman. They're just tools. Well, when I was asking myself this question, which one of these people were really successful, it occurred to me that the most successful person I'd ever known was about 20 feet away, emptying the trash can. His name was George. And George had been working for me for the last 10 years. He made about $15 an hour as a maintenance man. And let me, let me present to you the uh, evidence, and you decide what you think if George is the most successful person you've heard of. George had no college education. He was only five foot three inches tall. He had no teeth and he made $15 an hour. But he also had a full head of hair with almost no gray at age 69. He did physically demanding work every day. He was married to the same woman for over four, 35 years. His son was also successful with two children and lived in a home right next to his dad, George. George owned his own home with no mortgage in a small, clean town. George's diet consisted of, quote, I eat whatever I want as much as I want and I don't worry about it. But yet he was never overweight and he never got intoxicated. He served honorably in the army in the 1950s, ironically in the same outfit as Elvis Presley. He operated the atomic cannon, which was the largest gun ever made in the U.S. military, which had an atomic warhead at the end of its projectile. The cannon was aimed at East Germany, and that's where George spent his time during the height of the Cold War, ready to pull the cord and fire this cannon if need be. George has uh, three good cars with no loan payments, and best of all, he claims he goes to bed at night and sleeps a full eight hours without moving a muscle. Anybody over 50 can tell you that's almost impossible. I've found hundreds of people throughout town that knew George through the years and always had something good to say about him. 
George loves children. He gets to spend time with his grandkids on a regular basis. In short, he is healthy, happy, and has a great family. He has few worries, many friends, and all of the material things that he wants. His wants are always simple, without need of any ego gratification. What is the secret to his success? He is honest, reliable, helps others, and always takes responsibility for himself and his family. Do you know anyone who is more successful? This is just to illustrate that we really don't need as many tools of money or fame to be successful. For me, I wanted more tools, and I've used them well, but it's not a prerequisite for being a successful person. So let's think about that and move what we consider the most valuable of our purpose in life based on our values. And that's all I have to say for today. I'll be back with another episode as soon as possible. Thank you, and I appreciate your comments or ratings. This is Stanley Diaz. Bye.